This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five. One, two, three, four, exit five. <laughs> So this is a different type of podcast episode. Not going to talk about marketing, not going to talk about B2B marketing, not going to talk about Exit 5, but for a while I've wanted to just, podcasting is great, it's a lot of fun, but I want to have some other conversations outside of what we do with Exit 5 and the business and the marketing stuff. And so I've just been thinking more lately, which people that I want to talk to just because I enjoy talking to them, there's something that we could learn from talk a little bit about stuff outside of work. And so over the weekend, well, the time is irrelevant from whenever this is going to get posted, but I was thinking about, I should have my friend Tim on. Tim's one of my best friends from growing up. He is a sports reporter. He works at 98.5, the sports hub out of Boston. He's an avid runner and he's just a funny guy. And we have a lot of a lot of stories from, from back in the day. And I want to talk to him about his story, his career being in the media industry and then talk about running and fitness and and whatever else in between. So that's the context for this episode going in. Uh, Maybe we'll do these. I don't even know what the frequency of these will be. A lot of people listening to this will be here because they're already listening to the Exit 5 podcast. And so they're here mainly for marketing. But if you're a human, (laughs) if you're in marketing and and you're a human and you listen to this, I think this is something that will be enjoyable just to listen anyway. And maybe this is a podcast that you might now listen to with somebody else, a friend, share with somebody else who's not in marketing. Or you're somebody who has not been interested in anything that we've been talking about, about marketing, but you want to hear two people talk about something else, you might be here for the first time. So that's what this episode is. And I recorded this intro while I was waiting for Tim to get on the get on the invite for this. And I figured I would I would knock that out now. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Tim. I have a bunch of things that I'm going to ask you, but I, I'm just going to get right into this. Remember how I was, so I was texting you that I've been running yep. more? Yeah, yeah. I've run every morning basically for the last four or five days. Yeah. And it's the first time in my life that I've like woke up wanting to do that. Dude, it's legitimately addicting. It's crazy. So the reason why is because like both times, like the first, like when I finished running, like I just felt A, I had already it already got me outside. Yep. B, it was like a 30 minute, like super efficient way. And like, I know you're the same way, but like I work out a lot for the mental benefit of it. Like I just felt fucking amazing. Yep. And it was like, I didn't go for like a long run. I did like maybe three miles. Right. And no. so I was like, maybe I don't have to run like 
10, 15 miles. Do you think there's a path where like, can like, do you know people that just run like, what if I just ran between two to four miles like every day? I almost can't imagine not doing it because I'm like, oh shit, this is like, it's such a little cheat code. Obviously you're gonna have days where you don't want to, but you know, do you know oh, where I'm yeah. coming from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. I do marathons just because again, like it gives me, that's more for just kind of a competitive thing. I would say if you're doing like 20 to 25 miles a week, you're getting all the benefits you just talked about. Training for a marathon, like ultimately becomes like, a because like you said, there are days where you're like, you have so much shit going on and then you have to go do 10 miles. You're like, fuck this. But that, like the two to four miles, I almost have more fun doing 20 to 25 miles a week than when you're doing like 60, 65. So like three, I just did the math. That's like, that's three and a half miles a day. Yeah. That feels like maybe for you, like you can get more miles in, but like, I feel like that's like a nice chunk of workout. Like you might've gone to the gym in that time, but like- the bang for the buck of like running for 30 minutes first, like maybe you'd get like two sets of lifting done in that time. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. And I, I totally see the, the addicting piece of it now. And I also think you and I were talking about like, just there's something about being outside. I don't know. It's, it's, re, it's very like a, it's like almost like primal in some way. Like you're running, you're just like, all you have is like your body and it sucks for like the first five, 10 minutes. And then you feel like this amazing, like, oh shit, like I'm out here running. Nobody else is running right now. No. And even the days when you're like, I don't want to fucking do this. And then once you do it there, again, there's like that sense of accomplishment. I'll say the other thing about like going to the gym and stuff. And we can talk about this a little bit, but like, I used to get like pissed at people. I'm like, this fucking guy on a squat rack, get off the fucking squat. You know what I mean? Like it's the exact yes. opposite of what you should be. All right. Well, you know okay. I mean? For context, Tim and I, uh, we grew up together. Like what? one of my best friends, like going back to being little. So we have a ton of like high school, early college era memories. And Tim and I, like we used to hang out every day. And the way that we'd hang out every day was we would go, we would go lift, we would go work out. And we were both, let's call it just between like the ages of like 18 and 23. And during that time, like both single, the gym is like a fun place to be. And so it wasn't just about the working out. Like now it's a, it was like the social aspect of it. And we used to go together every day. And we, we worked out at the YMCA in Worcester and we'll, we have more stories about that in a second, <laughs> but like there was only one squ- and everybody like that listened and ever worked out at home. Like there was only one squat rack and it should be used for fucking squatting. And there would always be a guy. It wasn't even some guy doing, sometimes it'd be a guy doing curls. Most often it'd be someone doing just something like completely ridiculous yep. movement that like, who's doing that? Like the football yeah. guy. <laughs> Like there was some like grown man there, like training, like a group of like, you know, 10 year olds and they had like ankle weights on and stuff. It was just, yeah. So it's right. So if you're on a schedule and you got to go put up with that shit and everybody's tried to go to the gym at like, you know, four or five o'clock and it's just chaos. Yeah. Oh, and that's one of the reasons I'm working out is trying to like, again, like get that feeling of just like, all right, there's a sense of accomplishment. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. And I'm just leaving with a ton of frustration. Not only am I not good at lifting, I can't lift to start with. Yeah, I got to wait 25 minutes for this guy that's got a box of chalk to get off the squat rack. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Then like you get over there and it's just like an absolute war zone over there. Like just no respect. There's just like chalk and shit everywhere. I'm like, what were you doing? (laughs) Okay, so when it comes to running, like you, you've been into running. Like how how would you quantify like your history with running? Like I feel like as long as I've known you, you've been a good runner. I don't know that you always loved it. Like, obviously that evolves over time. But like, I do remember like as early as like high school, you were a natural runner in that you could not train for something like basketball practice or cross country. And like, you could kind of roll you out of bed and and go bang out three to 10 miles, which is not true for somebody like me. I'm not a natural, like that's not what I do. Is is that where it comes from? 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. So like I, like you said, so when we uh, were in high school, we obviously didn't have football at the high school that we went to. And so our basketball coach was like, Hey, you're not going to play soccer. You're going to try to get in shape here for basketball. So go run cross country. And like you said, I was naturally pretty good at it. I hated it with all my heart. I, I <laughs> there wasn't anything fun about running when I was in high school and, and no, I, I didn't like it at all. And so got super into lifting kind of with you, like you said, in that 18 to 23 range. And then I just like, quite honestly, I, my career got super busy and I fell off working out for a couple of years. And then a bucket list thing of mine was always to do the Boston marathon. And so right before I was going to turn 30, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Uh, this is my, uh, my quarter life crisis type thing. I got into it that year. And then slowly, I would say, especially once the pandemic hit is when I really like ramped it up. And over like the last two years, I'm just a, a huge nerd when it comes to it. I love it. And it's a, it's a huge part of my life now. So it's funny because many of the benefits that you get from running, like the accomplishment, the feeling, yeah, those are things that like you don't, you're not going for a 10 mile run as a 17 year old for like the mental benefit necessarily. Yeah, I just need to work some stuff out. Yeah, no, no, that's not really what's Wait, going I, on. I don't, I don't know if I actually knew that or maybe I just forgot like over the years. So you, you weren't into running. It was because our coach at the time who remained nameless because who knows where the fuck that guy is, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, like I, I didn't play, like I, we didn't have football. Like, right. No, I'm not good. I'm not good at golf. That wasn't going to yeah. be on the table. And soccer wasn't it. So it was like, just go run in the fall. And so that's how it started. Okay, so it's uh, so yeah. funny. How many marathons have you done now? So I've done three. We're going to be doing probably two this year, one in the spring and one in the fall. Because really, again, now we're, we're starting to nerd out. You usually don't want to do this guy. He's just saying we like you're the PGA Tour player in his cat. Yeah, like it's just you, man. Yeah. Well, my, me and my team, me and my team. <laughs> it's like me. Yeah, we're going to try to we're going to try to play 36 this weekend. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we got two right, coming so, up, which I'm excited. So, okay, so so by the end of next year, you'll you'll have done five. Yeah, <laughs> this is what's funny about like figuring out like hobbies and shit that you're interested in earlier in life. How long was that the loop that that you used to do like at cross country practice in school? It's like three yes. miles, like what Bancroft Tower or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were running between probably three and, and like five and a half miles for practice. Yeah. Well, okay, so Tim, you were supposed to be. You were supposed to be running between three. And five. I was probably clocking so, in about a quarter, and then I was getting to your car. Yeah. So I play golf, which is another missed opportunity. I think it's like, again, you don't appreciate like, wait a second, every day after school, I got to go play fucking golf. That's a joke. <laughs> and like, I, you know, hated it. It's so it sucks. But like we had kind of weird practice times and stuff and cross country was always right, right after school. And I lived really close to the school, like five yards across the street, but I would drive because when you're 16 and you have your license, you got to, that's all you want to do. Yeah. You never know. You never know who might be in the middle of the day. Like, I don't know. We go to the gas station. Like, no one's even going yeah. out to lunch. No, you just you just wanted to get in the car. Exactly. You would text me and you'd be like, I got a long run today. I'm going to run the first mile and you're going to pick me up here. Like, can you pick me up here at like this time? <laughs> and so I would drive. I would pick you up, put you in the car. We would go back either to my house or somewhere else. And then at the end... I would drop you off at like the last mile. And so you'd still have a little bit of sweat going. And because you were actually a good runner and you performed well in races, it wasn't like, no, wasn't you know, it wasn't like flag. the last. No. Yeah. It wasn't like the, the slowest guy on the team is all of a sudden like, so it was actually fucking, it was actually genius that you. No, I was a, I was a daily, uh, um, oh man, Rosie Ruiz uh, every, every single day. <laughs> at, 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 
that cross country practice, just jumping out of the car and, and, and pulling up that last. Yeah, okay, so fun. so for the for the ninety percent of my listeners who don't know the Rosie Ruiz story, can you give us a summary, please? Yeah, she was a woman that jumped on the uh, on the tee in the Boston Marathon, and, and then. <laughs> It wound up finishing first, and then they had to do a deep dive, and they're like, "You, you, you didn't run this, like you did." Oh, That's like I. Tough. We have a mutual friend, and we have a mutual friend, and and in high school, you know, you kind of look at the answers of somebody else's paper. You you turn in homework, and this friend of ours, he would never, he would copy the answers, and he would always get a hundred every time. And I'm like, dude, you're like, this is the number one way you'd get caught. Like you, you just all of a sudden you just ate. You're an ace at physics out of right. nowhere right. But, but then pull him like a 50 on on test you know what like, i mean so play, like, yeah. right, exactly. this, hey now he's really been trending let's let's see let's do the test and the test is an f like yeah so <laughs> and so rosie ruiz hopped on the t hopped that's on actually, the t jumped amazing. out first and they were like yeah like where were you between miles 12 and 24 yeah <laughs> was she like a professional runner famous in some or just like a random lady no, just, who a, just like a random lady and this was in like the oh man i, I want to say like the 70s or the 80s i wish i had more info but it was like before it was like as big of a deal as it is now so people were like wow and then uh yeah tough tough so my girl uh, yeah You're, my girl was a, an inspiration for my high school career he asked him the three people he could have lunch with if he could one of them is rosie ruiz the 1970s yes. cheater cheating winner of the boston marathon <laughs> So what is your schedule or what does a typical day for you look like now? And then where, when do you mix in running? Do you have a plan for this? Or you're like, oh, I'm kind of feeling like I want to do X today. Like, how do you go about it? No. So again, uh, me and my team have put together a thing where I actually, uh, no, your team, you go, you go to yeah. YouTube and you look up Nick Barry on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my guy. No question. No. So it's actually a cool story. So I, uh, I ran a half marathon. This was, uh, like I said, I got into it in the pandemic and yep. Really started to kind of take off. Sign up for a half. Wait, marathon. actually, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Pre, you really got into it as a hobby pandemic, but like, yeah, you accomplished this milestone of like doing this first Boston Marathon. And did that kind of like send you into like, oh, I kind of, I like this process more than I thought. I'm going to make this a hobby. No, like in all honesty, I've always wanted to run the Boston Marathon and I wanted to get a really good time. You remember this conversation. I said, because like you said, I'd always been a naturally pretty good runner. And quite honestly, I did not take the training as seriously as I should have. And, and I, I kind of took it like I did in cross country. So I knocked out a few long runs. And I remember I did a, uh, I'd hurt my knee, came back, ran a few long runs, did like a, an 18 mile long run, like a, a few weeks before. And I was like, I'm going to absolutely crush this Boston <laughs> Marathon. And I told you, I said, I'm going to get 345. And if it's over four, don't talk to me because I'm going to be mad. <laughs> Why don't you tack on like another 90 minutes? And that's what I wound up getting. And so it was just a disaster. Just an absolute was it five, by, hour, by was it five hours. It was, yeah, it, was, it was five hours, which for me was like, again, when I'm telling you that I was going to be embarrassed if it was four, like you have no idea the level of embarrassment that was. And also, which is like, which is so annoying because, like, on, on the surface, if you just said, like, dude, you wanted to run the Boston Marathon before X age and you did it, like the amount of people that can't even do it in five hours. But I remember we were all following you on Instagram and you came out real hot with the Instagram story updates. And like, you don't yeah. ever post much on Instagram at all. And so you're posting a story and you're like being funny and like, you know, it's Tim, but you're running a marathon. And we were, Lee and I were like on the couch, like, this is so great. And then I don't know when it was, but all of a sudden in the middle of the day, they're just updates stopped. Yeah. And we were like, uh Oh, 
I had my parents that uh, came in, went, like, took the train into Boston and they said that they were following me on the app and they're like, did the app crash? Because my, my guys, my guys updates, because they usually send you an update every five miles. No, it didn't. No, I just ran out of gas. And so it was something that I always wanted to be a bucket list, but part of the bucket list was actually achieving the goal that I wanted to accomplish. And so that's okay, why. Hold on. The producer has just come in off screen and she texted me and she said, don't forget to talk about Tim's post-marathon outfit. You came into the house that we were at in a button-down loafers and jeans maybe 16 minutes after you went for a five-hour run. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, a great point. It's a great point. It's a great I remember point, we huh? all saw you and like it didn't even seem like you were on the same planet. Like you were there and you were like, I think you had yeah. like a Bud Light and some pizza. And I'm like, he's not here right now. No, no, no. I was on another planet. I was on another planet. And so... Look, part of me continued to run after that. But then, like I said, pandemic, it really started again and then really kind of fell in love with it. And then I said, you know what? I actually want to hit one of these other majors. And then the more you nerd out about it, you find out, hey, Boston is one of six majors similar to golf. And so let's try to find Chicago. With Boston, if you're not qualifying, you have to fundraise a ton of money. That's almost a second job. And obviously, the people that do it, that's tremendous. But for me, I have so much other stuff kind of going on right now that wasn't really possible. There's other majors you can kind of sign up for through a lottery. And so wound up signing up for Chicago the last two years and training and falling in love with that. And so that's been a fun process. And through that, like I said, I ran a half uh, a couple of years ago and my old college basketball coach now trains people, reached out to me and now through an app, he's actually my coach. And, and we actually kind of set up my schedule for the weeks, months, and then my marathon training programs, which has been a lot of fun too. Talk about how much having a coach just help you take this thing to the next level. When I first started running again, Dave, it was just like, all right, I had a four and a half mile loop by my apartment. So I'm just going to go run four and a half miles. Right. And I just ran for as, as fast as I could at that point. Right. Like there was no strategy behind it. There was no method behind it. It was just like, all right, yeah. this is kind of what I'm doing. And as that's progressed, you kind of learn more about the science and what it takes to actually not only in terms of fueling and hydration, but also, you know, the effort you want to put in. It's really like a, an 80-20 rule where 80% of your runs, you want to be running at a, a much slower pace than what you would your marathon. And so it's been kind of fun to learn the science behind all this stuff as well. And that just kind of ultimately too, kind of goes into like what you said. It's become like a, a true hobby for me, not just running itself, but also kind of what goes into becoming a successful runner and well, I, I, I asked it very loosely, by the way, but yeah, no, yeah. well, you're no Rosie Ruiz, but no, 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 yeah, okay. So, the, the reason I asked the question about the coach is because I think, like, that's something that, like, I think much earlier in life, and I have a similar story with for me, it's very similar to like what I'm doing now with golf, which is you know, we're like a little bit further and long in life now than we were when we were 20. We actually have money to like invest things, like, you know, if somebody was going to tell you you're going to spend. $40 a month or, or whatever it is on like a virtual running coach. When you were yeah. 22, you'd be like, what? No fucking way. <laughs> yeah. And knowing shoes and everything. But I think like later in life, it becomes like the thing that I've told you about golf, which is like even more than competing, it's fun to just have a hobby. And you and I have grown up around in and around sports. And then at some point, like your career becomes the focus and whatever. And it makes me feel like a kid in some way where it's like, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm in like seventh, eighth grade. And again, and like you, your job is to just like play this sport. And I'm, so I'm nerded out on the golf stuff, but it becomes like later in life that you have this at, as an outlet. It's like, that is your hobby. I, don't you feel like it gives you not to be corny, but like it gives you some like completeness outside of your job. No, it, it totally does. Like, like we mentioned too, there's just kind of that 
there's a competitive itch that it scratches for sure. That's huge for me as well. And then there's a sense of accomplishment. And when it comes to the coach too, it's such a great point. Because there's stuff, I I remember there was a a 14-mile long run that I did leading up to Chicago this past October. And it was a disaster. And it was a train wreck. And I just wanted to talk to him for 20 minutes on the phone about like, what happened here? Why did this go wrong? And that type of stuff is just, there's some comfort in that. And then like you said too, it just kind of takes you back a little bit as well. It's kind of nostalgic that you can kind of go over that type of stuff. I don't know. I, I, I love it. I love but it. And, and it's like the mission to get better. Like it's, it's fun to have something to like get better at. And like, what does it really mean in the grand scheme of life? Like who cares if I get better at golf? It matters. But for me in my own head, it's like, it's like something that I get to focus on. And I know the same with running. Like it's also just fun to have something that consumes you a little bit. And that like, if you go to my YouTube, I bet your YouTube is all running and running related things. It's, it's like Nick the same Bear. thing. That's right. it. That's all it is. Yeah. Or like if you look at my Instagram, like for you page, there's no butts. There's no like women in, in bikinis or anything. It's literally golf. <laughs> Yeah. So it's fun to have this thing to like obsess over and go down and read about it. And it gives you like purpose other than like, oh, I'm just, you know, watching YouTube. Well, no. And like golf, running is very similar where like when you start to stack some days, two weeks later, you're like, man, I, I can actually see the results of like. You're listening to my dad's Exify podcast. Hey, it's Dave. Real quick. Are you hiring marketers or looking for your next marketing job? We just launched the Exit 5 job board, and you can check it out right now. It's jobs.exit5.com. We're building the number one resource online for you if you're looking for your next marketing gig, or if you're an employer and you want to reach talented marketers in our network, you can do so right through the Exit 5 job board. Go and check out the jobs over there right now. You can browse if you're looking or if you're an employer, go post a job and find your next great teammate. That's the power of a niche like B2B marketing. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're building here at Exit 5. Go check it out. It's the Exit 5 job board, jobs.exit5.com. What's happened here? And like you said too, me coming back to my apartment and telling my girlfriend that I nailed the 6.45 splits I was going for. She's like, sick, sick, Great. sick, bro. What time is dinner? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I like it. Yeah. What do you want to get out of running like long-term? Like, do you, do you see yourself like, oh, I want to be the 80-year-old guy that's like still going for a run? Like, do you see it just part of who, who Tim is like moving forward? Yeah, no, 100%. I'm completely obsessed with it. I don't know how long I'll be doing marathons for, to be honest with you, because there's a huge commitment that kind of goes into that if you're doing it right. But I'll be doing those for the foreseeable future. And then I think always running and even when I can't run anymore, which probably will happen because my technique isn't great. So I'll probably lose both my hips and and my knees will be shot by the time I'm 50. But I'll always be walking and kind of moving that part of it and just kind of going out for 45 minutes. Like you said, just getting outside and doing that stuff is always going to be a part of it because that's what you said. You took this dig at yourself about the body, but that just shows like how much you care and know about running now because it's like I'm I'm going through this last year. I played golf my whole life. I've always been like pretty good, better than like eight out of 10 people, but not like a plus very, I'm not shooting in the 60s or low 70s. And this year I finally get a coach. And basically what I learned is that the way that I've been playing golf and swing a club and even hold the club that I've been swinging it that way for maybe 20 years is completely wrong. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like when it comes to running, if you go on the Newton Hills, which is like Heartbreak Hill and a famous thing, you go there on the weekends and I'm like, man, I've been killing it. You, you will not get humbled faster. There's some of the guys that run by me. I'm like, you are just on a different planet than me right now. Yeah, when, when you when you said you were on that 14 uh, mile run and it was a train wreck, like 
what does that mean? Like, are you like tired or like you just timed it wrong? Like, what do you, what's the feeling? Yeah. Like you just know it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, I, you're just gassed by the end of it. It should be a 14 mile easy run. Right. So I'm not trying to hit marathon paces. I'm just going out and I'm trying to log those miles. And really what you're trying to do is just build up your aerobic engine. So it's, that sounds lame, but you just want to get your body used to being in motion for two and a half hours. That's not normal. Right. So right. you might not try to be logging the miles that you would for a marathon but you want your body to be moving for that amount of time. And we got to like mile 12, 13, and it shouldn't have been that big a deal. And I'm like, just falling apart. Like I just run a marathon and it's like, what, well, what's happening here? Well, like, did you feel like you were like, you're trying to run too hard at the end to like kind of catch that pace? Yeah, no, you just like, I I don't have like anything. And you want a distance running there gets to a point where you just don't have anything left. Right. And so like, all right, what happened? Well, let's see. You were running at night after a really long shift, after working a night shift, so you only slept a few hours. It was 88 degrees out, right? And you went out too fast, and so you didn't fuel properly. So, like, no shit, guy, you fell apart yeah. at mile like 12 or 13. But yeah, and you know, and that, you're that like type of stuff. Yeah. You're 35. You know, you're not 20, right? Like, yeah, yeah, 100. percent And I, I remember texting with you even a couple of years ago, being like. Man, it's crazy when you work out. Like again, at 20, 21 years old, you go in and lift. I could eat whatever I wanted. I don't think that there was that big of a difference. Now, are you kidding me? It's yeah, you, you think your body is just not gonna respond the way you think and, it's going to. Yeah, and for forget forget like um in the form of like actual like weight gain, right? Just how you feel after eating that. Imagine it has no impact on your body, but just for the next hour, look. We used to go to Wendy's before basketball practice. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Didn't matter. Yeah, didn't matter. Hey, girl. Didn't matter. Now it's a, a totally different situation. And so, yeah, you just kind of have to factor all that stuff in. And, and like I said, yeah, there's no surprise there that my body fell apart. But again, it's one of those things where you just are kind of looking for that reassurance. And the, the coach kind of helps you with that and say like, you know, hey, you're like five weeks out from a marathon, just had a terrible long run. So yeah, you're going to get a little nervous about like, are we where we're supposed to be right now? So it's it's good. But no, I love it. It's going to be like you said, it's going to be a part of me forever. All right. Give me some basics about running where I'm at that I probably don't know or I'm not thinking of. Like, take me from like, give me a couple of things. Yeah. My biggest thing is what I what I touched on a little bit earlier, which is like, you don't have to just go and run as fast as you can every single day. Like that's not the way that you're going to get better. Right. So like, that's what it's I, funny to though. think about though, <laughs> but that's what you do. You just kind of like, right. Like you probably walk out, you stretch, you walk out your door and then you just run. And then when you're done, you're like, wow, I ran that at eight minutes. And then tomorrow yeah. it's like, wow, I ran that at seven fifty-five. And I remember when I first got my coach, because when it comes to athletics, like you, when you wanted to impress a coach, what did you do? You stayed back and you shot like a hundred extra jumpers, right? Or you took like extra BP. And so I remember when I first got with my coach and he puts my schedule in and the first workout was a six mile easy run, pace eight to 8.45, right? So, you know, my pace is a little bit faster than that. So I go, I'm gonna show you, you put an eight, 8.45, I'm gonna run this at 6.55. So how about that? That's good, right? Like in basketball, I did more than what you wanted. Shouldn't you right. be happy? And that's the exact opposite of what you should be doing. So like I said, 80-20 usually, you want 80% of your runs to be a lot easier than what your normal pace is. And then 20% of your runs, you can kind of really go at it and, and that's gonna get you, uh, make you faster, make you more effective. And then you can kind of stretch that stuff out, man. Like you'd be surprised. You can run a lot further than what you think right now. And it, here in New England, give me winter running over summer. <laughs> I'm an Irish kid from Worcester. I melt in the heat. I, I can't do it. So give me winter running right now over uh, over the summer, 10 times out of 10. Even in like 
January when you got some like some debris on the on the ground, some slush on the ground? Like, what do you find? Because I'm about to I'm I'm getting into it now, and I don't want to lose it in, uh, over the winter. So talk talk me through like the winter. Are we okay as long as we're plowed? Yeah. So as long as you're plowed, like a, again, like Boston is just a, such an awesome spot because there are so many routes that are going to be plowed. There's a cart path along Com Ave in Newton where there aren't cars. It's a road, it's plowed, and you can just kind of go on there, which is huge. And then kind of makes all the difference. Also, you gave me the great dressing tip the other day, which is dress for 30 to 40 degrees warmer than the temperature because like it's just starting to get cold up here and you go out and you're cold. But then like midway through, I got my hat off. I got my gloves off. I'm just, I'm super sweaty. I, that, I found that even just like in the last two weeks has been a really helpful benchmark. Yeah, no, that's the general rule. And like you said too, because I used to fall into that where you bundle up and then you're a mile in and you're like, all right, I got a sweatshirt I need to lose. I got gloves I need to lose. Like what, what, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, it becomes like a burden. Yeah. And what about, um? have you found anything with you? Like, do you have a particular time that you that is better for you? Or does it like, you got to eat X, you got to have hydrated this, this is going to be your ideal time or because of work, you got to bounce it all over? So my schedule shifted over here the last couple of months, but I love just knocking it out early in the morning because like you said too, you just kind of get some energy after oh. too, where you can just kind of ride that the rest of the day. Honestly, it's, it's huge. It, it, I, think I, it like, all, I feel like it looms, whether it's a run or a workout, I feel like it looms over me all day. I'm like, oh, I still got to do this thing later. And then like, you don't even get any of the benefit from it. When you knock that thing out first and then you go and do your work and everything, that is the best. It feels great. And I, it's also one of those things too, where after a full day of work and everything like that, you get home and then sometimes that motivation to actually run like isn't there. You have other obligations and stuff that you kind of want to take care of. And so I think just to, it's important for me to try to get that in every day. And so, yeah, I usually find that in the morning, that's the time to, uh, to knock it out. Do you think you'll lift weights ever again? So it's funny you mentioned that. My job just moved into a new building and there's an awesome gym in the building where I work. So I, I lifted for the first time in probably three years. This is like a week and a half ago. I could not move my, and I, I lifted so light, by the way. What did so you light. do? What did like, you do? Bench, we're, like we're talking, bench press? We're talking free, free weight bench press. We're talking like pink weights, the whole deal. Like I couldn't move my upper body for like a week and a half, man. So we're slowly going to get back into it. But I would like, I like gasped. The uh, two days after that second day soreness was real. That was a real thing. Yeah, it's so real with lifting, and you don't appreciate like oh how much you used to not even have that. No, I uh, okay. So I, you'll mix in lifting a little bit. That's the plan this winter. I, I kind of want to get back into that a little bit and, and start to mix that in along with some running as well. So again, we uh, we moved into a new building where it has that awesome gym, but it also has a bike path that gets plowed right behind it that I can just hop on afterwards. So it's kind of a best of both worlds situation here. Okay, next topic. You talked about work a little bit. How do you describe the journey you've been on in in your career? What do you do? So I am a uh, I am a sports anchor, and it's been a pretty pretty weird career for sure. I worked in the summers as a landscaper, and I remember all I did in the summers in college was crush sports talk radio. You were the same way, and I was like, you know, what would be an awesome job if I just did this? Why don't I just do this as a job? And so was a communications major in college, started out working at a radio station in Worcester, which is where we grew up, and then uh, was doing intermission reports for the AHL team, which is a minor league hockey team in Worcester, and then was doing halftime and postgame for uh, Holy Cross football. And then uh, did that for a year and then transitioned to uh, some TV stuff in Worcester and then eventually moved on to NBC 
in Providence where I was a sports anchor for five years. And then I've been doing sports radio in Boston now for, we're coming up on a decade now, which is just pretty crazy. Pretty. Nuts. It's crazy when you, when you yeah. frame it like that. Like if we, if this was back in like 2004, when you were like listening to sports talk radio and you're like, this guy's name is Tim McCone. He's been on the air for a decade. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that for sure. And uh, it's been fun. That was kind of my, honestly, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, I just want to go like national or something like that. My goal was to be on like Boston Sports Talk Radio when I first started. And so I've gotten to kind of live that over the last few years. And it's, uh, um, you know, I've been at 98.5 for, like we said, uh, almost a decade. It really feels like the last like two years, it's kind of gone to, to another level in terms of the opportunities and stuff that I've gotten there, which has been great. I've loved it. It's been great. It's been fun. And you had some lonely nights. You've definitely put in your time. Like when you're working at that radio station in Worcester, weren't you like, doing like overnight <laughs> weren't you like there at like all strange hours and stuff and no, be scared so you, so, as shit yeah so you're doing like yeah it was in the middle of the woods this radio station <laughs> and so literally i would i would have to do the ahl games by myself at night you're getting out at 11 but you're right on saturdays i had to tape afterwards i had to do a 30 minute just like weekly show on hockey and on like the team itself but you couldn't get those guys until after the saturday game so you're talking with them and then producing all this stuff Saturday nights. So you're leaving at like 2.30 in the morning. And yeah, it was. I, I'm sprinting to my car in the middle of the woods because I'm like, this is like straight out of a horror movie here. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. But like you said, too, the schedule is definitely weird. And there's definitely drawbacks to it as well. Like, you know, there's you work pretty much every holiday. You work nights. You do a lot of weird stuff. So there's definitely some give and take. And when, as you get older and your priorities change a lot, I think yeah. there's a lot of aspects of the job, too, that you kind of outgrow as well. That was put so politely, <laughs> right? That is yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah. No, we we're not we don't need to get into that. But a hundred percent, yeah. The more the more you do something, you're like fuck. And to somebody else, like they might think, man, this is the dream. This is a dream. And you're like, I. It's so hard. It's such a hard thing. I feel like about getting older is like you just become so jaded that everything that you see for longer and longer, you just become like you change how you feel about it because you know, like you just know too much now. Can you give context for the size of for people that don't know the Boston landscape, 98.5 is the, the premier station. That's not even a dig. The premier station in the area, but just as a, at like a U.S. scale, like just can you give some context for people? Yeah, we're the number one sports radio station in the country. Flex. And so, and I say we, and like I am not the person that drives this at all. Can't I, I was going to say, is this the same we that helps you with the running? <laughs> No, I, I don't have, uh, trust me, I'm a minor, minor, minor part to that stuff. But to give context, like we, yeah. again, the two to six show, which is our premier drive time show, their ratings, they've been doing around a 25 and men 25 to 54, which means that one out of every four guys that are driving around in their cars in the Boston area that are listening to the radio are listening to 98.5, which is, I mean, if you're doing like a nine, 10 or an 11, that's a monster number in radio. Yeah. It's a monster number. And they're doing 25s. Like, that's not normal. That's not something that happens. So, look, there are a lot of different factors that kind of go into that and why that number is so high. But yeah, it's been a, a really exciting well, I mean, I to, think to kind of work at. It just it speaks to like the the area. Like, not only did you get a job in sports media, but like you happen to do it in your home state, in your hometown, which also happens to be the best market you could do this. I mean, that's the dream. Like that yeah. part is cool. No, it's, it's been, 
Like, look, obviously the Patriots down a little bit this year, but for the most part, and people will tell you, by the way, there's a lot of guys in Boston that are like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I don't have this job right now if Tom Brady isn't in Boston, right? Like the, <laughs> the rise of the Patriots and everything, yeah. the rise of the NFL over the last like 20 years, there, that's a, a huge reason why there's a lot of people in the Boston market. And like you said, too, just from a sports perspective, it just it does matter more in Boston. There's more people that are invested in that than other markets. And so it's been, like you said, it's just kind of hitting a lottery in terms of getting in, in, in and getting involved with the sports radio station at the right time in the right market. Yeah. And like to your point earlier about like having this happen at this time in your life and, you know, the hours are shitty, but like, you know, I think you, you were able to also grow fast in this world because you were like, yeah, fuck, I'll take the Thanksgiving morning shift. I'll take this morning. Like I'm, I'm here. I, I feel like you just always like ate up the shifts. And I think like, it's a good, a lot of people listening have different careers of all types. And it's like, you just kind of said yes to everything in front of you. And like, now it's kind of given you the ability, like you said, to, to be a little bit more in the driver's seat. Right. Well, and that's the same thing that kind of goes with everything. Like there's give and take to everything, right? So, you know, people say that like, all right, well, you know, media is a changing landscape and it 100% is, you know, like we weren't listening to podcasts, you know, a decade ago that just like wasn't really saying now it's, I would say the vast majority of people are listening to podcasts more than, than the radio itself. But there's also opportunities that have presented themselves because of that changing landscape. I've been lucky enough to do it. And I think the more that you can do too, and the more versatile you can be when it comes to media, whether it's being able to also do video and do podcasting and do all this different stuff, it's just going to open up so many doors for you and so many more opportunities. And that's kind of been the way that I've been able to do it as well, whether that's through the TV side as well as the radio side. And that type of stuff has given me flexibility throughout my career. And, and it's uh, helped lead to some, 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 to some success for sure. You've also had to learn, it's, it's not like you're just like some guy who likes sports and like, had hot takes and like in front of the microphone, like you've almost built a more, a, a very well-rounded skill set where like you've been like cutting your own stuff since the beginning, you've gotten into the technology side, especially in an industry where like a lot of those people didn't ever have those skills. They were just like the blowhard in front of the mic. You're like the new generation of like in the social media era of what this looks like, right? Right. And so like a lot of people say it's a changing landscape. Like everyone used to say, even when we were graduating from college in like 2010 for me, Oh, well, your first TV job, you have to move to Montana. You have to move to a small market in Alabama and work your way up for three years. And then maybe you can come back to a, a, like a, a Kansas City. And then maybe after that, you can come back to the New England market and do stuff. And the reality of the situation is like, yes, you know, things aren't the way that they used to be. If you're on air, you can't just be on air anymore. You have to do multiple things. But the fact that you can actually bring multiple things to the table means that you can also skip some of those steps in terms of getting to the places that you wanted to get to as well. So there's definitely a give and take when it comes to that type of stuff. Obviously, you can't like share, like you're not going to incriminate yourself or, or share your future plans. But like what, just even as a friend, I'm just curious in knowing, like what do you, what do you think you're going to be doing in a, in a decade, a decade from now? Like, are you going to be like the guy who was on air for, 20, 30 years, or do you see like a different path that you're starting to like carve out? Yeah, I think there's like, I think it's a, a changing landscape, like you said, right? So, like, I think if you just kind of look at the way that media is going as a whole and how people are kind of consuming content, I think you can kind of see the landscape changing. And, and so, the fact that you have and can do multiple things again kind of opens some doors up for you in a flexibility sense that that kind of make sure that you can kind of stay relevant. And again, in an ever-changing type of world, like you've seen as well, like just building the stuff that you built so far. 10 years ago, I don't know if that's possible, right? Like what, what's your platform in terms of reaching like a mass audience without podcasting or 
doing video and stuff like that. It's totally different than what it would have been if you tried to do all this stuff in what, 2005, six, seven. I, I don't know how you would go about it then. And now you've built this kind of monster through a platform that, again, I don't think was really around just a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What, what wasn't around or like people didn't know how to, how to navigate it. And, and, and we're similar in a lot of ways. Like there was no, I didn't have this drawn up. And I think people obsess over like, how are they going to do this thing? Which tools are they going to use? Which platform they're going to use? Like, I just happen to have an idea and like, you just like, I think I have a bias for just like trying, like you do too, like just getting shit done and just like going for it. And like, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to try it. And you just keep building. And now people ask questions. They're like, oh, why did you choose Patreon versus this versus that? I'm like, that has nothing to do with it. It's like, go go back to like, you have to have a sense of like where things are going. And yeah, w- to be able to build a platform on this is like, I'm literally, I, I don't work for anybody. I work for myself in, in my house. And that's what, that's what I do at this point in my life. I don't know if I'm going to do this forever. Well, I'm not going to do this forever. At this point in my life, like when my kids are this age, it has allowed me to like, spend as much time with them and just kind of like work a little bit from my house every week. It's pretty good. Don't you think that doing it though, just like you said, just actually doing it is nine. I, I, to me, that's like 90% of the stuff. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then it's not even to be like corny or like be inspirational to people. Like it is just, that is at least how I have always learned for, for better or worse. Like I hadn't always terrible at math, always terrible at math. Only reason I'm okay at math now is because I've had to do it for my own fucking business. And like when it matters <laughs> yeah. for you, you got to yeah. figure it out a little bit more, yes. right? Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And, and so, yeah. yeah, so like to be able to like learn by doing, and I think like there's a lot of platforms out there. You had mentioned, I'm going to put you on the spot. I hope that's okay. But you, you're like, oh, I want to do, I would love to do something in running. Like what, what do you think that could be? And like, what's exciting to you about that? Look, it's something that a few other people have done as well, but I... Ultimately, I want to qualify for Boston when I run a marathon, right? And so that means that you have to run a sub three marathon, which I think is possible for me, but also that's going to be really hard to do. And so I kind of want to chronicle what it takes to get there. And I think that that would kind of be a a cool way of looking at someone that's an amateur runner trying to, again, if you're just qualifying for Boston, that's an unbelievable accomplishment by no stretch of the imagination though, or you not still like an, (laughs) you're still an amateur runner, if that makes sense. But I think that's kind of a cool angle to take and just kind of show you again the progression that it takes. And not only that, but just doing that and also kind of sharing some of the stuff that I've learned here over the last couple of years as well. Because oh, I love it. Kind of more, as you get kind of more into it, you learn more things. And, and a lot of that, like you said, just yeah. doing it, by the way, running and kind of figuring stuff out, what works for you, what doesn't. And then it's crazy. You start to look some of this stuff up and you're like, oh, I'm not the only one that like has had that issue. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a common thing. And so it's kind of trial by fire with a lot of this different stuff, but that's kind of the the angle I want to take. I'd like to start kind of podcasting and doing some video uh, to go along with that stuff. But that's, we're going to find out about Chicago actually tomorrow, not to date your podcast, but we're going to find out about tomorrow. And then from there, I think we're going to, we're going to start to get going on some of this stuff. Oh, I love that. I love that. So you see it as like a, set period of time and you're going to document the the process what do you think the format would be like you mentioned youtube and podcasts is it like a consistent podcast is it vid- like are you going to video stuff yourself on the run like what do you think yeah so i think i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna kind of chronicle probably the week as it goes right and so a lot of that's going to be video so i'll kind of lay out what we have planned for that week um how i go about maybe one week is how i go about attacking a long run what kind of like gels and fuels am i using on that long run how does it go yeah. So one, you'd put out one video, that stuff. 
you'd get footage all week and then make one video. Yeah. So I would probably do like a, again, really put me on the spot here, but my thought is I'll put out daily content for sure. And then I'll probably put together one big video kind of recapping the week on YouTube or something <clears throat> like that. But just I'm asking you so many questions because I have, I got to tell you something similar. And have you thought about like, is it going to be like under your name or is it going to be like sub three something like what? I think it's going to be under my name with probably uh we already have an Instagram handle. It's Tim McRuns. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, great. Okay. Yeah, so it's, so, that's, so it's what, not, it, that's not really your name. It's like, it's like a gimmick. Yeah. Uh, Tim McRuns. So you're like Mr. Yeah, Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to, we're, we're going to go with that. We'll do it. I'm excited about it and we'll see how it goes. But no, I think there's a, like you mentioned, I think part of it's just doing it, but there's definitely, and I've seen people that do it and they're wildly yeah. successful at it. Yeah. And, and it's really but good. Like, and I also success, think I can put my own, I can also put my own spin on it. I think. Yeah. But like you're, you're, you're like a good, you're a good person. You're funny. Like you, you'll have a good take on it. Like if you be you and do it, I think it'll be awesome. And like, you don't know what success might mean. Like it doesn't mean that you're going to be famous and quit all your jobs and like have a running YouTube channel. But like, what if like one company finds you and wants to send you like a pair of shoes or like you meet three other people from Chicago? Like there's, there's many benefits of it. So I think it's great. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. So is you're going to put out daily content. So it's going to be on Instagram, make real, yeah. like, okay, I, I think that's great. And then you'd have a, a podcast. Like, would you talk, would you have guests on or something? Yeah. So with my coach that I brought up before actually has a, a weekly podcast and we kind of did a few leading up to Chicago this past year. And so I'll probably do something similar to that where we can kind of bring in certain guests and whether that's my coach to kind of break down how the week went or it's other people that have actually qualified for Boston, how they kind of went about it. I think that there's definitely some like meat on that bone that I think will also help like amateur runners that are trying to get into it, whether that's your first you know, marathon, whether it's your, you're trying to qualify for something or trying to, to set a PR. I think there's a lot of valuable information that they can kind of oh, get out man. there, which I'd, I'd be excited about. Do you have any concerns about filming yourself while you're running? Are you going to just film it all with your phone? Yeah. So uh, can I be honest with you? Like my biggest concern is that it's my time. Dude, my, my, my 100% is my, is my like time myself for an hour. And I am nervous about the fact that doing this is going to take away from that time okay. to get to myself. So I've thought about, I've had this like same exact idea for golf, like in the same way, like I'm working to become better. Like I could document my journey to become a scratch golfer. I got the time to do it. I can actually, you know, it would be sick. Ah, oh, God damn. You're going to, you're going to like, if you do this, you're going to make me do this because he, I keep going back to these two excuses that I have. Number one is like golf is my time. I see what's happening on YouTube and I, I'm like, I totally could be doing that and it'd be fun. But I don't want to inter like I gotta introduce the camera into all my golf now. It becomes like this kind of like ah, it's the, it's the same thing as me. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Like I like right. Like you like going for a run because you're not on your fucking phone for for an hour, right? And I don't want to, you know, like and all these people that make like great vlogs or Instagram. That means like that they're they're filming every shot and moving the thing around. And I've done I mess around with Sam. Like you've seen some of my videos and stuff. Like so that's one thing. Maybe it's three things. Two. The the other thing is. I'm afraid of like turning this thing that I like into a chore and into a burden and like getting on the content wheel of like, oh, I got to go make golf stuff. I also sometimes ride the highs and lows when I'm, if I played really well, then I'm like, man, you should do this. But I have a, like, I play really bad or I'm not into golf in the moment. I'm like, what a waste of time. Do something that's more productive. And then the last thing I'll shut up is 
just a little bit of like imposter syndrome, right? There's got to be 50 million other people out there who could do this. And I, I'm not sure I want to expose myself like that. Coming from someone who's built a whole business yeah. on these channels, but you know where I'm coming from with all that? No, that's uh, like you said too. Like I, I'm not the first one to think of this. I, I've seen a million of them. I follow a million of them that, that kind runs. of have this, <laughs> have this same thing. But I'll say this, like for running, I watch a lot of those channels and every single video I see, it's like, hey, just smashed it. So, like I just nailed <laughs> Well, no, there's no way every single workout you you have is good. There's no right. way. And so I think that you can definitely bring something to the table in terms of that. But you mentioned it like there are plenty of days where I'm like, like, I'm, I'm all set. I'm tired. I had a terrible day at work. Uh, I'm over it. Now, not only do I still have to run, but now I have to go, like you said, I have to go set up my phone, run past it, go run, grab my phone. And then after I hit that mile split, grab my phone and go first mile, 735. Right. Oh, second mile. So like, I, I don't know. That's a, it's a lot, but I think it's worth a shot. Like I said, it's uh, it would kind of be a fun project for me and, and, and we'll see how it goes. I think you should do it. I really think you should do it. I'll be your biggest supporter of it. You got to do it. I think it'd be great. And like, you don't have to do it forever. It's like, you're doing it for this one season and seeing where it goes. But like, what if it could lead into other things? You could, you could end up having your own running podcast. It becomes this like super cool thing and you build the platform there. It also makes you appreciate like, you and I, I know you love Nick Barry <laughs> and uh, his, his YouTube content is just insane. Like he, you know, he's obviously got someone that's with him filming everything. He has to, like, he's not. I, I mean, like there'll be shots where like he like opens up the garage and then gets in his truck, starts the truck. And I'm like, wait, that means that you then just got out of your car and oh yeah, yeah. and grabbed your phone. Like, no, you I forgot. He does. Yeah. He does yeah. most of his own. He does most of his own stuff. He had, he, he like films himself while he's running, but yeah. Or I'll talk about that when we watch like a Casey Neistat like vlog or something. You're like, what it took to get that shot is really annoying. hundred <laughs> percent. No, but all right. I give him all uh, the credit because like you said too, that that's a lot of work to put together that stuff. There's no question about it. So yeah. So, and are you going to edit yourself? Like, do you want to yeah, oversee yeah. this? That's one yeah. of the yeah, that's one of the things that one of the few skills that I bring to the table. I think. But that would that to me is the fun part. Like, if you do do it and you do get all this footage, and then it's like Saturday morning, and you're like, I'm gonna go. That must be the fun part, which is like picking the music, picking the transitions, finding the funny stuff that you said. Like, it also becomes this creative art beyond like a, a vlog about running. No, for sure, it's cool, and like you said, it, it it's gonna be fun because in that sense as well, like from start to finish, it's kind of my thing. So I can kind of put my own spin on it. And, and like I said, I'd like to do one where it's not just every single run is the best run that's ever happened. And I'm, I'm gearing up. So I think you'll see kind of the best of times and the worst of times for sure. Because my, McRun- look, my, diet, I, 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 my, my diet, there's still plenty left to be desired. There's no question about it. So there's plenty of days when that fueling is not going to be ideal. No yeah, doubt. but like you got it. You got to li- You got to live. You got to like enjoy <laughs> like eating is fun. You got to enjoy the things that you want to eat. And right. then you run marathons. I mean, it doesn't mean you can go have Wendy's before you go run a marathon now. No, but or, there's a difference between that and being the liver king. Like you said, now maybe like to get sub three, I might have to juice up like my guy, the liver king, but we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. How great is that? I, did you, the apology is better than the, is better than <laughs> the, the actual thing. It's, oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And it always ends up this way. Okay. Well, I'm going to, we're going to wrap up in two minutes and you'll, you can, we'll do this again maybe when you, when you get the show live. But, um, this is completely random, but I need to talk to you about this. Give me your reaction to Coach Prime. Can't get enough of it. Cannot get enough. I mean, (laughs) if you're like an SEC school that was looking for, I can't believe you wouldn't hire him. In like instantly makes your program relevant. 
Okay, so I, I, you know this about like I haven't watched much sports like at all like in the last couple of years ever lately, and you and I joke around about stuff. But for some reason, the last week I've been like watching every Coach Prime video. Oh my gosh, the video of when he went when he took the job and he went to the the Colorado locker room is incredible. Pretty much, it's and like see ya. Yeah, did you see crazy. the looks on their faces? And this one guy's like, "I'm Coach. What about what about the injured people?" And he's like, "We gonna hug and say goodbye." <laughs> amazing and then he looks right at the like and then like and he's like talking about how like he's the best at social media and like they're gonna make everybody famous and he just keeps saying i'm coming like absolutely can't get enough of it and i think he coach prime might be the thing that's gonna get me i'm i'm gonna get a colorado buffalo's hat i'm going all in on coach prime i'll tell you what i work with a guy ted johnson that played at colorado and over like the last six months all he talks about is like this program is like we're irrelevant right now nobody's talking about us and instantly over like the last 72 hours, that line too, where he says, I'm bringing my luggage with his players. And it's Louie. <laughs> it's oh. so good. It's so oh. good. But like the faces, like it's pretty real though. Like the faces of the kids in that room, they're like, and, okay. and like he's so, he yeah. knows every, like he has yeah. such like cachet. Like he's going to go, obviously go and get great, great people. Yeah. And then they're like, the one, the one guy was like, oh, are we going to keep the strength and conditioning coach primes? Like, I don't know. Probably not. Like he's just coming in with carte blanche to just like do it. And he has just, he's so amazing. Like he, and he just has so many, like he's amazing figure. Like he's like a cartoon character. He just has like these one liners and like, it's amazing. I I can't, I can't coach prime is like my number one Instagram follow right now. No, it's the best. And like you said too, like there's so many coaches that would come in and you like, you want to be politically correct. And like maybe behind the scenes, you talk to players and like, Hey, we're changing things up. You can't yeah. be here anymore. And for him to be that blunt and just kind of come out and say it is like you said, it's just not something that you see. No, it's, it, it's, it's like, it's, I, it's exactly what you said is like to be blunt. Like, and you know, we're in the era of just like the ultimate more than ever, like political correctness. And everybody's arguing about this and that all the time. Hold on. I got to read you this last quote and then we'll, and then we'll hang up. But he posted, he had this one line and he's like, if your child is extra sensitive and don't like to hear the truth, I'm not the coach for him. Hashtag coach prime. How great is that? Like, how great is that in the era where everything has just gotten so, so out of control. Coach prime is here to save us. Yep. Oh, like you said, big Colorado, big Colorado fan. No, I am now. I am now. Yeah. Not watching none of the games. All right, Tim, this is so much fun. We'll do it again. It's a hundred percent. Okay. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at Exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. 
This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five. 